listening to the Northside Christian Church Sermon Podcast. These teachings are recorded at our weekly Sunday morning gatherings in Springfield, Missouri. For more about our church, service times, and how to connect, visit northsidechristianchurch.net. Do you ever feel like you're stuck in a rut? Like you're thinking the same thought, you're doing the same things, you're having the same experiences, the same problems over and over again, and you're having a hard time getting out and getting on a new path or going on a new journey. You just feel stuck in a rut. And I suppose that that's normal because we get into ruts naturally and easily because the only thing a rut needs is repetition. That's it. Think a thought repetitiously, do something repetitively, you're in a rut. And ruts are hard to get out of. You know, in Alaska, when the summers come and the snow melts and and the roads get wet, especially the, the dirt roads or the gravel roads, when cars start driving over those roads, ruts are created In fact, there's a sign on one Alaskan roadway, and it it reads this, choose your rut carefully. You'll be in it for the next 60 miles. (laughs) Like ruts are hard to get out of. Once you get into one, you can sometimes feel stuck like you just can't get out of one. And I'm telling you right now today that the deepest and longest ruts that you're probably going to experience in your life are actually in your own mind. They are the result of what's happened in your brain. That some of the the ruts, when it comes to our thoughts and our actions and our beliefs and everything we're dealing with, it happens right here in our minds. Craig Rochelle, in his book, Winning the War in Your Mind, which is a fantastic book. I highly recommend it. I would encourage you to, to get a copy. I used it significantly for this sermon today. But he writes about those neural pathways that can become ruts in your brain. And here's what he says. He says, every thought produces a neurochemical change in your mind. Your brain literally redesigns itself around that thought. The brain is a command center and it directs the parts of your body through neurons. Neurons linked together to create messages. The same message sent multiple times will create a neural pathway. The presence of a neural pathway makes a thought easier to think and makes it easier for your body to send the same message again and again. You can think of neural pathways like ruts in your brain. And the ruts are carved deeper by this bundle of nerves at the base of your brain called the Reticular Activating System, RAS, that sifts through the millions of pieces of sensory data that's being sent to our brains, groups them according to, to their relevance or similarity. And if the information is going to keep us alive, prevent problems, avert danger, or even bring pleasure, that RAS is activated and our beliefs become reinforced. Your brain is designed for this, to look for patterns and to create neurological pathways that help us think the things that we've been thinking and do the things that we've been doing. And that is supposed to be helpful to you. Like, it's a gift. It's a good thing. It's from God. God created neural pathways to be a good thing. When we go through a learning curve and it gets easier to do, it's a good thing. Like driving, for example. Anybody ever teach your kids how to drive? Ever been on that journey like I have four times? Like there's a lot going on with driving. 
I mean, you're, you're accelerating, you're, you're braking, you're watching your mirrors for your surroundings, you're using your blinker, you're looking at road signs, looking at traffic signals, defensive driving, looking at the people around you and what's happening. Like, there's a lot for a young person to process. Unsolicited by me at 9 o'clock service, before the service, and someone was telling me about that they have a 15-year-old and they're doing the driving thing. Have you ever done that? I'm like, I'm actually talking about that today. Uh, yes, I have. We're like, you don't blink for the first weeks and months of the experience. Like you're, you're on edge with all of that. But then there comes this moment, this time in the process when your kid's like, dad, can I drive? And you're like, yes. And the reason you're excited about that is because you can take a nap and they can drive because that beautiful part of our, of our brains just, it becomes second nature and it, it becomes easy to do. Which is why sometimes I, I can drive for 15, 30 minutes down a road. I'm thinking about something. And then all of a sudden you're like, back to thinking about driving. You're like, did I, am I on the right road? Yeah, I am. I've, I didn't have to think about any of that. It all went well because I'm thinking about something else. It can happen when you play a song on the piano. When you first start learning a song, man, you're using the sheet music and, and you're, you're having to pay close attention to the fingers over the right notes. And, but with some practice and time, the sheet music's not needed and the fingers flow effortlessly. That's the beauty of what God's created. Taking a shower. How many of you have ever gotten out of the shower? You've been thinking about your day and what you need to accomplish, what you need to do, maybe the conversation you need to have. And you've been really thinking through all of that and you get out of the shower and you start drying off. And all of a sudden you're like, did I, wa- did I wash my hair? Did I use soap? Like I got no memory of any of that. But then you're like, I smell good. So I'm going to go with yes. And you just go on with your day. That's, that's the beauty of neural pathways. They just take our thoughts and our actions like it's second nature and it gets easier to do. It, it creates these trenches that are helpful. But on the other hand, it can be a problem. Because of sin, neural pathways can also be a bad thing. And so, for example, if you've experienced negative emotions or anxiety or depression and you have these feelings and you you decide in that moment you're going to treat it with some pleasurable food, something actually happens in your brain. Pleasurable food releases dopamine and that chemical dump into your brain says, that was awesome, do that again. And the next time you're depressed or having negative feelings or emotions, you, you go to food again. And the next thing you know is you're unhealthy. Maybe for you, you went off to college and you didn't have any friends there and you were having a hard time making some connections. In fact, you didn't really feel like you fit in and weeks and weeks and weeks went by and and you didn't really have any good, great feelings about what was going on. But then you had this credit card and you went shopping that day and you found this outfit. You imagined yourself in that outfit and what it would feel like and look like. You put it on. It fit perfect. You felt great about yourself and you bought the outfit, put it on. Dopamine dump. You felt good for the first time in weeks. And so your brain learned something that when you got that bad grade on that test that you had studied for and worked so hard for, and you just got on Amazon and you, you bought something again felt good. And whenever you went through the breakup, you did it again. And so you have this spending habit that's hard to break and debt that you can't seem to overcome. Maybe for you, one night you were just doing homework and working late in the night or doing, doing a project from work. And when you got it done, you just started kind of 
browsing stuff and reading things and just kind of relaxing there for a little bit when you came across that image of that person that was wearing next to nothing. And it intrigued you. And you clicked on it. There were some more pictures that drew you in. You felt awkward and guilty at first, but at the same time, you're excited because they've got a dopamine dump. And so the next night when you were bored, you decided to see if you could go back and find that web page again that you were on, which you did successfully. And then you thought there's probably other sites. And then at some point along the line, you began to look forward to going home where you could click and all of that dopamine dump that was happening in your brain was creating these ruts in your neural pathways of how to think and what to do. And it was completely opposite of what God created, his original intention for you. And you lost that pure mind. It was violated and you began to think thoughts you should not be thinking. And unless we decide to break the pattern that we have, to break out of the rut, our lives will continue to move in the wrong direction. Our our thoughts will lead us into these beliefs and these beliefs into these actions and these actions into behaviors. And it's all serious. And sometimes we're tempted to go, Wayne, you know, it's, it's just thoughts. Like, man, if I just keep it in my head, it's not hurting anybody. It's just thoughts, which is exactly what the evil one wants you to think. It's just thoughts. Because if you look biblically at what is going on with our thoughts, like it's serious. I mean, go back to when God judged the world with the flood. When he had to bring judgment on the world because it was just completely evil. Look what he said there in Genesis 6, 5. It says, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart, the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. It was just in our thoughts. Yeah, they're completely evil which led into the actions as well. Their thoughts were evil. It brought on the judgment of God. Do I have evil thoughts? Psalm chapter 10, verse four. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. If God is not the king, the Lord of my thoughts, then there's no room for him. In Matthew 9, four, knowing their thoughts... Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Have you ever entertained evil thoughts in your heart? Ephesians 2, 3, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Like the wrath of God is coming upon us because of our thoughts that we entertain, that we dwell on, that we live with. We, we refuse to guard. It's a big deal. It's why a couple of weeks ago we were reading 2 Corinthians 10.5 where it says to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Like this is important for us to do because there is this war that's happening in our mind. We are on battle. We're in a battle with our minds. And these thought missiles are coming at you all the time. In fact, I was reading this week that we are bombarded by 500 unintentional intrusive thoughts every day that we did not choose. Every day, 500 thoughts come into your mind that you did not choose. In fact, you're not really wanting to go there. You don't even want to dwell there. But it came to you. It's an all-out assault, bombardment of thoughts in your life, 500 every single day. And they say that every thought takes about 14 seconds to work through. 
You add that up, that's like two hours of your day, every day, battling thoughts. Now, just to think about the implications of that, 500 a day. I was reading an article, the New York Times was stating at the end of December, it was talking about how um, since October 7th until December, Hamas had fired 12,000 missiles into Israel, 12,000 in less than three months, which just sounds crazy. Imagine 12,000 missiles, most of which were intercepted, you know, with their air defenses or their Iron Dome were intercepted in that way. But you just think 12,000 missiles, like that is crazy. Well, think about it this way. In the next 24 days, you will have 20, I mean, you'll have 12,000 missiles thought missiles that are going to be shot into your mind. And if you don't have some kind of defense system in place, like you're ready to deal with this, battle with this, you're, you're in trouble. There, there's an all-out bombardment assault on your mind to create ruts deep in your mind that take you into negative thinking. Psychologists and others who study how our minds work will talk about the law of exposure. Like the law of exposure says, the mind absorbs and reflects what it is most exposed to. And so whatever thoughts come, if I allow that thought to linger, to take residence in my mind, I'm going to struggle. It's going to come out in my life. And it's why Paul in Romans 8 would tell us to set our minds not on the flesh, but on the spirit. Like this is a battle we need to fight. And every day, you're going to have thought missiles that come into your mind. So I'll just share a few of mine. Over the last couple of weeks, I'll just share with you thought missiles that came to me at different times. And so, here's one that came. Teaching and preaching doesn't make a difference. People are going to do whatever they're going to do. They're going to leave here. They're not going to change. They're going to do whatever they came here thinking they would do in the first place. It doesn't really change anything. The truth is, 1 Corinthians one twenty one says, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. There's power in preaching. Which is evidence when the truth is, there are people who will come up to whoever's preaching and say, you are speaking right to me today. There's power in preaching. Here's another thought missile. As long as I produce something really good, really beneficial, people will like me and speak well of me. But as soon as they're not getting something out of it, they're gone, could care less about me, my family, or my ministry, rarely even a goodbye. That's a thought missile. The truth is, Romans 12, 10 through 13 says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. The truth is, in some of the times of great need in my family, there have been people who have practiced great loving hospitality to us. That's the truth. Here's another thought missile. I don't have anything to offer, contribute. There are people way better than me. They're, more, they're smarter than me. They're more relevant than me. And our people have access to all of that digital content anyway at any time, 24-7, whenever they want it. And they can have it. I don't provide anything that is uniquely needed that someone else could not provide. 
Truth is, Ephesians 2.10 says, you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. The truth is, God has given me and every and single one of us good works to impact and bless the lives of other people. That's the truth. And I could go on. I don't think we have time for that, nor would you want that. Apparently, I've got 500 of them just from yesterday. But I also want us to see something else that's happening. I'm also responding to every thought missile with a truth from God's word. Like every thought missile that comes into our minds needs to be confronted with the truth of God's word. A trench of truth that will form a new neural pathway that will get us out of the rut. Like that's what we need. Because there's a difference between a rut and a trench. Craig Rochelle talks about it in his book. There's a difference between a rut and a trench. A rut is typically formed in mud. I would say you also see it in sandstone or, or stone. Think of wagon wheels, you know, when, when people were going west. I mean, it's, it's just, it's rutted in there. But ruts become a nuisance, even a danger. As a rut is unintentionally created, it has no purpose, and it requires great repair. That's what a rut is. It's not helpful but a trench. A trench is intentionally dug to deliver a resource. A trench has a specific purpose and fixes an existing problem. Trenches are helpful. Trenches are useful. We need a truth trench that runs deeper so that we can come out of the rut into a truth trench that's going to lead us into a new pathway, one that is good, one that is holy, one that is helpful, one that is right. We are often triggered by something. It could be triggered by some fear or feeling alone or a fearing failure or being anxious or depressed or have difficulty sleeping or whatever it is. But when those things happen, we often go into a thought pattern. And right then and there, if we could come against that thought pattern, which is a rut in our lives, by replacing it with the truth of God's word right in that moment, we can begin to develop a new trench of truth that is deeper and stronger than the rut that has been holding us stuck for so long. The antidote for a negative neural pathway rooted in lies is a new neural pathway that's rooted in truth. Craig Rochelle in his book, he calls this the replacement principle. You gotta replace it. And so here's what we're gonna say today. We need to replace old neural pathways by internalizing the truth of God's word. We're gonna replace those old pathways that were rooted in critical thinking and negative thinking and lies, and we're going to replace it with the truth of God's word. That is exactly what Jesus did when he was tempted. We memorize that, Matthew 4, 4, when Jesus came against temptation with the word of God. We live on the every word that comes from the mouth of God. He used the word of God to come against the lie. We've got to do this consistently every day by internalizing the word of God. So it becomes a trench of truth. I want us to look at a scripture today. It's Psalm 119. If you've got a Bible or device, you can go there today. But Psalm 119 is so focused on the word of God. It is central. The word of God is like central. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. All 146 verses in many ways make the word of God its central theme. Uh, it's one of the longest chapters in the Bible because 
Uh, it's using the Hebrew alphabet, all 22 letters, and uh, the sections are divided up by each letter. The sentence, each sentence is started uh, by that letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It's, it's an incredible chapter, but in it, the author is going to use multiple words for Scripture for the Word of God and how important it is for us. So let's read it together. Psalm 119, beginning of verse 9. We'll read through verse 6 and then verse 43. And the psalmist asks this, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees with my lips I recount all the laws that came from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Never take your word of truth from my mouth, for I've put my hope in your laws. Here in this text, the word of God, scripture, has various words for it. He calls it words, commands, decrees, laws, statutes, precepts, ways, even word of truth. And you notice how the psalmist is internalizing it and intimately connecting in relationship with the word, with the scripture, by saying he's living it, seeking it, hiding it within, so he knows it. He's recounting it over and over. He's rejoicing in it. He's meditating meditating on it, and he's delighting in it. Like he is intimately relating to the word of God in all of these ways, and he's internalizing the word of God and rejoicing in the word of God. And one of the ways, one of the words that's used to emphasize this is the word hiding. He says, I've, I've hidden your word in my heart. Like I've, I've taken it in, and I know it. It's inside of me, which is a, a pretty neat concept. But there's also another concept with that word. Uh, Corey Scott sent out a devotional to our praise team this last week or two ago. And in the devotional, uh, he was reading the CSB version, translation, and it, it, it said the word hidden, it used the word treasured. I've treasured your word, which kind of extends to this idea of I value it. I treasure it. It is so important. I, I hold it with great value and honor. It's the same phrase that's used in Job 23, 12. Whenever Job says, I have treasured his words of his mouth more than my daily bread. Isn't that interesting? Sounds like what Jesus said. I have treasured the, the words from his mouth even more than my daily bread. I, I value it. We must value the truth of God's word over everything else and hide it in our hearts if we are to battle the lies of the enemy that are coming at us all the time into our minds. It's the only way out of it. We gotta have trenches of truth that are rooted in God's word. And you will never have a Christian mind if the word of God is not regularly, consistently coming into your mind. It's impossible because it's the word of truth that fights all of those lies of the enemy. All those thoughts that are coming at, at us, those thought missiles, we need the word of God to do it or else every negative thought will be exposed in our life. The psalmist said it this way. Not only is he hiding it, treasuring it, but he says, I'm recounting it and meditating on it. I recount it and I meditate. 
I, I, I go over it and over it again. The way to internalize the word of truth is to recount it and meditate on his word. You know, in Eastern meditation, it's all about emptying your mind. Eastern meditation, empty your mind, empty it out. But Christian meditation is about filling your mind strategically, deliberately, intentionally with the word of God. It's thinking on his word over and over. It's developing a new trench of truth that runs deeper than any rut that's in your life. That's what we need. Meditation gets the maximum amount of spiritual nutrition out of our godly thoughts. That repetition of meditation, it, it develops new trenches in our mind. This is not just biblical, it's, it's even scientific. It's how, how the brain works. That's why we do it. We have a spiritual enemy who knows this. He knows the more often we think a thought, then the more likely we are to believe it. And the more likely we are to believe it, the more likely we're to live it and get stuck in it. It'll become a rut in your life and you'll feel stuck there. This is why the devil often, when he's whispering his lies to you, it's the same lies over and over. He doesn't have to be creative. He just has to be repetitive. He doesn't have to be creative. He just has to be repetitive. And if we allow it to come to us over and over, it develops ruts that are deep in our life that we feel stuck in. So we've got to replace. We've got to replace the old neural pathways by internalizing the truth of God's word. We've got to replace the lies with the truth of God's word. And here's what we've got to do secondly is this. So replace is the first thing. The second thing is rewire. We need to rewire the neural pathways. And we can do that by declaring the truth. We allow the word of God to expose the lies. And then we make a declaration of truth. And we say it over and over. We write it. We think it. We confess it until we believe it. We've got to develop a new trench of truth in our mind. The, dole, the goal of, of declaration of truth is to form a new neural pathway in my mind. And so if my old pathway, if my old pathway, if it said that when I'm hurt or angry or upset is to eat something, I'll respond to that with the word of God. And I may say, a man does not live on bread alone. Or I may think of Jesus in John 6 where he says, I'm the bread of life. And whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Or 1 Corinthians 6, you must honor me with your body, God says. Or Jeremiah 16, 19, the Lord is my strength and my fortress. That's replacing the lie with the word of truth. And once I replace life or truth, I need to rewire the neural pathway by making a declaration of what I believe in light of that scripture. I'll, I'll give you an example of a declaration that you could give if that was your situation. You could say, when I'm stressed or in times of distress, I turn to God, not food. I come to Jesus because he's what I really need. He's my strength, my fortress, and my refuge. That's a declaration. And when that's memorized and it's said over and over in those moments, you will create a new neural pathway that will shape the direction of your life. If that thought missile that's coming at you is a struggle for lust, like what we talked about earlier, I can replace it with the truth of God's word. Like, like Job saying, I will make a covenant with my eyes. And when you have the word of God speaking truth into you, that you're not to covet 
for anything that is not yours. Then it's time to rewire a new neural pathway in your mind by declaring, declaring what is true. Like this one. Lust is not my master. God has redeemed me and given me pure thoughts. I will not look lustfully because I've made the covenant with my eyes and with my God who strengthens me. God is always faithful. And when I'm tempted, he will always provide a way out. That is the truth. And when that's memorized and declared over and over in those moments when the thought missiles come and you, you immediately respond with the word of God, the quicker your response, it doesn't need to be 14 seconds. You come with the word of God and then you make a declaration of truth. In 14 seconds, you've just helped drive a new neural pathway in your brain to think the way that God wants you to think. So write a declaration that will speak to you, that will inspire you, that's memorable for you so you can share it. And then just start declaring it, speaking it as if it's true. Even though you're still struggling, even though you got this rut you're still trying to get out of, you're creating a new neural pathway. So keep speaking it over and over as if it's true in your mind. And what you will find is as you do it, you'll begin to overcome those lies and you'll renew your mind with God's truth. And it will become true for you. So don't give up. Don't quit. And the question that you come up against in these moments is just how? How will you replace the old rut with the new pathway? Like, how am I going to do this? Replace the old rut with the new pathway. The answer is repetition. It starts with that, repetition. Repetition is what created the old rut. Repetition is what will cause a new trench. And so replace, replace the old neural pathways by internalizing the truth of God's word. And then rewire neural pathways by declaring the truth over and over again. Write it, think it, confess it, believe it. That's what will happen in your life. It'd be great if maybe you started every morning with this. Start reflecting on the truth of God's scripture first thing in the morning and then make some truth statements you already know. These are thought missiles that, are, that come at you consistently. Start with those that are most prevalent and just start your day that way. It'll help frame what you do next with your thoughts throughout the day. When you repeat these declarations, scientifically speaking, you're creating a new neural pathway. Like it, it actually works. It's how the brain was designed by God to work. So scientifically speaking, it will work in that way. But Holy Spirit speaking, you can't just do this in your own strength or your own power or through, this isn't just self-help or some kind of behavior modification. Like this is calling out on the power of God to transform you. You know, it's been exciting. We had a baptism at nine o'clock today. We got a couple that are coming after church today and you know, when, when, when people surrender their lives to the Lordship of Jesus, there is forgiving grace that comes into their life. Forgiving grace. But there's not just forgiving grace for them. There's transforming grace. The Holy Spirit loves us so much and wants to do such a great work in our life. He will not leave us the way that we are. He wants to do a transforming work in our life. And we need to lean into that Spirit to say, Holy Spirit... Create new trenches of truth in my mind. Help me out of these ruts, this pattern of thinking that has plagued me and become a stronghold in my life and in my mind. Lord, work in me. And fix your eyes 
on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Like he's the one that perfects it. He's the author of it. And so we fix our thoughts, our eyes, our minds on Jesus as we pursue him. And in so doing, in the power of the Holy Spirit, as we, as we replace the lies with the word of God, and we, we take this opportunity to rewire these old neural pathways by declaring truth every time a thought missile comes, we use that as an air raid of defense against it. God will change your mind. He will renew you. He will transform you. He will set you for a new purpose. And I just have a few next steps I just want to encourage you to do in light of these scriptures and these concepts. Is this, first of all, I want to encourage you to choose right now one particular pattern of negative thinking that you need to correct. Let's just start with one. What is one thought missile that often comes into your mind, comes into your brain? A rut has already been created there, and you know it. I want you to reflect on that here in a moment. What is that for you? And then I want to encourage you to dig a trench of truth by internalizing the Word of God, by finding scriptures that specifically address that thought missile. It could be one of the scriptures we've been memorizing throughout this series. You know, we've been putting on our website for you on our homepage. As you scroll down to Live No Lies, there's this access resources button that'll take you to, to all the memory verses each week, a new memory verse. And maybe one of those verses applies to your thought missile. And you can memorize that so it's on the tip of your tongue. So I want to encourage you to dig a trench of truth. Maybe for you, it's you battle destructive, self-critical, perfectionistic, never good enough thoughts. Maybe for you, you need to think about 1 Peter 2, 9. This is, but you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Maybe you need to be reminded who you are in Jesus and rest in that. So we need to replace the lies with the truth of God's word. And then number three is this. I want to encourage you to create a declaration to replace that negative rut in your thinking that's disrupting your life and create a declaration of truth that's rooted in God's word. And the reason I want to encourage you to do this is because a rut is the pathway we get stuck in. A trench is the pathway we want to stay in. A rut is what we get stuck in. A trench is what we want to stay in. And my prayer today is that you would create new trenches of truth and allow the word of God to wash over you as you declare his truth to fight against every thought missile over the next 24 days. 12,000 of them, they're going to come into your life and you will battle it with truth. So what I want to do today is I'm going to take just a moment for reflection, for hearing from God, listening to him. And so the very first thing I want to do, the lights are going to dim down so we can just kind of spend some time in reflection here. And I want you just to reflect right now, first of all, what is the thought missile for you that's been a pattern of thinking that's been corrupt and hurtful and creating ruts in your life? Would you take a moment and identify that thought missile that you've been battling
Now I'd like to take an opportunity to reflect on some scriptures. And perhaps one of these addresses your thought missile. And I'm going to put these up on the screen. These are our memory verses since week one of this series. And we're just going to walk through them one by one. It's up there on the screen. I want you just to read that on the screen, just uh, quietly, silently to yourself. And just reflect on what God might be saying to you through that. And so this first one, uh, John 8, 47, we'll put up here so you can see that. Father, we want to hear you. We want to listen to you every day throughout our day. We need your voice speaking into our hearts, Lord. We we want to listen to you. Reflect on this scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. surrender every thought. Lord, even the ones that come as arguments against you, pretension against you, Lord, we we want to see those demolished in our minds by taking captive every thought and making obedient to you, Jesus. That you would be the King and Lord over every thought in our mind. Jesus, we give this to you. How about this text from Matthew chapter 4, verse 4? Meditate on this. Jesus, may we hunger and thirst for you. Father, that we may live on every word that comes from you, from your mouth. Lord, may that truth fight every falsehood that enters into our minds. Let's read together, meditate on this, 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 8. pray. We find all the sufficiency 
that we need in Christ. That we would experience the contentment that you wish to give. How about this one from Proverbs 3, 9 through 10? Jesus, may we resist the lie that my money is for me. May we give our first and our best to you. Lord, I pray that we would give you the leftovers or what we discard. But God, we give you our hearts, giving you our first. And how about this one, Psalm 119, 10 through 11. Heavenly Father, may we treasure and value your word so much that, God, we consume it, we meditate on it, we recount it, we seek after it, we hold on to it dearly, we own it, we internalize it, so we can fight against every lie of the enemy with the truth of your word. We, we replace those lies with the truth, we rewire our brains by declaring what is true and real. God, we... we no longer want to live in these ruts. Lord, we want to be established in the trench of your truth. We pray that you would allow your word to take root in our lives and that, God, we could stay in that, live in that, dwell in that, delight in that. And we pray this today in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, amen. If you would stand to your feet right now, this is a time we want to spend in prayer and decision. There's several ways to do this. Our prayer team is coming to the sides of the room. They'd love to pray with you today. I'm going to be stepping out to decision point through these doors. If you want to begin a relationship with Jesus or place membership or you need to pray or talk through something, I'd love to meet with you there. There's a, a seat card in front of you, a connection card. You can fill that out, drop it at the black boxes as you leave with your offerings. If you're doing that from inside the room today and uh, we can follow up with you there. If you're watching online, go to northsidechristianchurch.net slash decision. That'll begin a conversation with us in, in response right now. But we also get to respond in song. We're going to sing, in fact... A song right now from Psalm 119. Keith Kirkner on the keys is, he's written a song for every memory verse in our series. We're actually going to sing one of those today. Right now is a prayer to God from Psalm 119. And so we want to make this the prayer of our heart today. And let's respond to what God wants to do. Let's do it now. Thanks for joining us this morning, Northside. Before you go, make sure you check in and let us know you were here. Text the word CHECK to 417-233-1200. If you want to respond to today's service, you can do that online through Decision Point. If you want to know more about baptism or becoming a member, you can request more info at northsidechristianchurch.net slash decision. This is also the place to find out about our life groups, find out what sort of service opportunities there are, or if you just need to get in touch with a minister. And if you're online, you probably use social media too. Make sure you're following along with Northside on our Facebook page, Instagram account, YouTube channel, or Twitter. We are glad that you chose to join us this morning. As we head out for the week, let's make sure we take the love of God with us. Take good care of each other, Northside.